Donald Trump's co-defendants are facing a lengthy and expensive legal battle in the Georgia election interference case, and they say they are struggling to pay for it. The former president isn't helping them with their legal bills, and a source says they haven't asked him to, but they are having to get creative to pay for their defense. CNN's Kristen Holmes has been following this for us. Kristen, obviously a legal defense like this could cost a hefty sum. How are they going to pay for it? Yeah, Boris, that's right. And just to be clear here, former President Trump has paid the bills of many of his aides and advisors and employees, both current and former, in both the January 6th committee uh, investigation as well as those federal investigations. And so much so that the Save America PAC, which has been footing these legal bills, has spent more than $41 million since 2021. That is an extraordinary fee. But obviously, when it comes to Georgia, that is not the case. And as you said, we are told that even with all these grumblings about these uh defendants not having their bills paid by Donald Trump, no one has formally asked him yet. However, they are coming up with these creative ways to raise money, and one of them is crowdfunding. We know at least four of the co-defendants have started crowdfunding. That includes Jenna Ellis, one of his attorneys, John Eastman, another election attorney, uh, Jeffrey Clark, who is that DOJ official at the center of much of this, and Kathy Latham, who is a fake elector in Georgia. The other thing we have heard is that Rudy Giuliani, his family, his son, has helped create a PAC, Political Action Committee, to help pay his legal bills. Now, Donald Trump is helping a little bit with Giuliani, not necessarily footing the bill. However, he is hosting a fundraiser at his Bedminster Resort next week. That is $100,000 a person, and he is considered the headliner there. Uh, but again, these are going to be very big bills. And one of his co-defendants actually uh, spent a week in jail because he couldn't afford an attorney. Boris? And Kristen Holmes, thank you so much for help. All right, Boris, let's continue the conversation and bring in CNN legal analyst and former federal prosecutor Jennifer Rogers. Jennifer, good morning. Good to have you. So let's start with a lot here. Uh, let's start with some of these motions to sever their trials from one another. If you were D.A. Fonnie Willis, what would you do? Well, D.A. Fonnie Willis doesn't want to try this many, many times. She's going to have to take these two defendants who've sought speedy trial to trial in October or soon thereafter because legally she has to do that. But she wants to minimize the number of trials here. And if Mark Meadows wins his bid to have this case in federal court, that's a whole other trial that's going to include him and maybe others in federal court. So she's looking to break this into as the smallest number of pieces she can. I think she's probably going to go to court and suggest a trial date for the 17 remaining defendants a few months out and then probably propose that they see how many defendants plead out between now and the months before that date approaches and try to get it into as few trials as possible. It's a very resource intensive case. It takes a long time to try. So I think that's what she's going to do. Sarah Murray was just talking about the request from Ray Smith's team to uh, sort of create a more bite-sized, manageable group of defendants that are being tried. But if you were trying a RICO case, I mean, walk me through some of the disadvantages of having bite-sized cases as opposed to trying them uh, in a more large or organized fashion. These cases are still going to be a pretty big bite, Rahel. It's a RICO case, <laughs> meaning they have to prove the existence of the enterprise the conspiracy and its overt acts. So they're going to be decent size no matter what you do. But this defendant is right. You can't try 19 or even 17 defendants together. A lot of them will plead out. So if I'm Fannie Willis, I say, okay, judge, 
yes, let's set an additional trial date. We can't do this in less than two trials, but let's not cut it down too much now because a lot of these defendants will plead out and we hopefully will end up with a group that can go to trial without breaking it into five or six trials now. That's what I would propose. Uh, but all parties are interested in breaking this down in some fashion. There is going to have to be a severance here. The question is how many severances at this stage of the game? Yeah. Uh, Jennifer, as you know, Kenneth Chesborough, one of the defendants who sought that speedy trial, and DA Fonnie Willis saying, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll match you. I, I got your speedy trial. But also saying that, uh, at least the, the team for Kenneth Chesborough, saying that Fonnie Willis uh, hasn't released her discovery to the defense team. She's not ready yet. If you're ready to go to trial but not ready to release discovery, walk me through some of the reasons why that would be. Well, this is a big case. There are a lot of defendants. There's a lot of evidence. It just takes time to get that organized, but she's got to get moving. I mean, they have to be ready for trial. This defendant and Sidney Powell also, I'm surprised they've pushed for this. It seems to me it's going to be very hard for them to get ready for this, even if they had the discoveries we sit here today. So even though it's a big lift, she's got to put as many people as it takes on the project of getting these two defendants who are going to trial in October their discovery right away. They really, really do need that to have a chance at a fair trial. So I think she'll push to get it done. Yeah, another major motion we're watching, of course, is what happens with Mark Meadows. I mean, does he have his motion uh, requested to move to federal court? You say he actually has the best case or the best chance of the defendants of moving this to federal court. Uh, if, in fact, this is approved, does that necessarily mean that others might be successful as well? Well, he does have the best shot. So even if he stays in federal court, it's not a given that others will succeed as well, but they'll at least have a chance. I think if his bid to get into federal court is denied, no one else will get into federal court. He really does have the strongest case as a former federal official who really was following orders from his boss, at least a lot of the time. Uh, so it's kind of a, a gateway thing. If he loses, I think everyone else will lose. If he wins, some might get in. And that, remember, is not just better for them in terms of the defenses they can raise and the likelihood of winning in federal court. That's a whole nother trial that Fonnie Willis and her team are then going to have to do. So logistically, it's a headache as well as meaning they have a greater chance of success if they do get into federal court. And then I guess just to put a button on it, I mean, if that was in fact approved, his trial would not be televised like what we are likely to now see in Georgia. Yeah, and that's not so important to the prosecutors. I mean, they have to go about their business no matter whether their cameras in the courtroom or not. But it would be a big blow for the rest of us, right, and for transparency. I think people need to see these cases, need to see this evidence. We're voting for the presidency on a man who has tried to steal the last election, at least as prosecutors allege, and they plan to show. So it's really important we see that evidence, the move into federal court. Of course, there still would be defendants in state court, and some of that evidence would come out there. But it really would be a big blow for people to be able to see what happened here. Jennifer Rogers, great to have your expertise and insight. Thank you. Trump's legal defense in Georgia will be on display for all to see now that we have heard from the Fulton County judge overseeing the case there. The judge just ruled that all courtroom proceedings related to the election subversion case will be televised and live streamed. But there is also more. That decision would not apply to any portion of the case that's moved to federal court. And if you and as you well know, Donald Trump is expected to request that his entire case get moved out of Georgia and into federal court. CNN's Oliver Darcy, he joined joins us now with more on this decision by the, by the judge to have the proceedings live streamed and on TV. How big of a deal is this, Oliver? 
It, it's a huge deal, Kate. I mean, it's a huge win for core transparency advocates who have said that the public has a right to see this historic trial um, streamed live uh, and televised. Uh, you know, th this is going to go down in the history books. And so uh, allowing uh, people to watch in real time will allow them to also see the evidence against Donald Trump in real time. It's going to be probably the most watched trial ever. I mean, it's hard to see how, how it's not. Uh, and it's also, I think, the move to stream this live, it's going to help stem the flow of misinformation. I mean, when you talk about Donald Trump, you're always talking about uh, misinformation and conspiracy theories that him and his allies peddle. Allowing the, people, uh, the public to see it in real time uh, will, will help with that, because in the absence uh, of seeing this with your own eyes, there is a void. And in that void, that's usually where conspiracy theories and misinformation thrive. And so, um, you know, streaming it live, allowing newsrooms to have videos so they can go fact check things in real time, uh, I think will be uh, very helpful in the efforts of uh, uh, conveying to the public exactly what's happening in the courtroom. Kate? Yeah, an interesting aspect of all of this. It's good to see you, Oliver. Thank you.